You're listening to Supervision with a Vision, where we discuss all things supervision. I'm your host, Sarah, professional counselor, marriage and family therapist, play therapist, eating disorder specialist, and cookie lover, with my co-host, Heather, marriage and family therapist, certified together in Texas counselor, a Texas transplant from California, and outdoor adventurer. Welcome today to Supervision with a Vision. Today, Heather and I are talking about past experiences in counseling and supervision. This week, we read The Connection Between Past and Future Therapy, published in Psychology Today, 2023. Heather, this article gave us a lot of things to think about and talk about. Yeah, it did. Uh, The first One of the first points it makes is that there is research to support that people with positive experiences in counseling and supervision are more likely to continue in counseling and to go back to counseling or supervision in the future. Right. I think that something to consider is that's probably across the board kind of a like a no. It makes it's a logical statement. Like if you like your doctor. Mm-hmm. and you've had illnesses and you've gotten over them, well, the next time you're sick, you're going to be more willing to go see that doctor if you've had success. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of looking at it more from a physical well-being state. Sure. But um, if you've gone to counseling and you've navigated something and you go... And, and had a positive outcome. Right. And then it's not so hard to go back. Mm-hmm. It's more like, I've done this before. I know it's helpful. Sure. I think supervision plays out the same way. Um, I personally had it funny incidents trying to find a supervisor when Mm -hmm. I moved states Mm -hmm. because I was like, oh, this is so different. It's very different. Like what they, what I had before and then what I was getting here. And it took me a minute to figure that out, but I knew what I was looking for because I didn't need to have exactly what I had in my previous location, but I did know what I didn't want. Does that make Mm -hmm. sense? It's like I had this positive experience. I need someone that thinks like me that does these things. What was the difference? Um, I think... It took me a while to hear the approach where in California, it was so much more clinical and constantly based in theory, like constantly. Hmm. And it took me a while here to like get out of my own head that it wasn't all theory. Like the supervisor that I ended up with in one of my very first sessions with him, he said, yeah, but like, how are you doing with that? Oh, so, so, um, and I, Maybe. Am I, I'm wondering, do you think it was specifically count California compared to Texas or was that about one supervisor and the style of a different supervisor? I think it could be. I interviewed about five before mm-hmm. I fell into what I really wanted. Mm-hmm. And I had some other funny experiences that were just strange and odd. But I think in California, I got my supervisor in my clinical setting. And it wasn't outside. Sure. And so here I was more doing like this clinical supervisor. I already had a location, but it was, Mm -hmm. I had no actual marriage and family supervisor. So I had to find one. And it was an interesting experience. But once I knew, I kind of knew what I liked about it. I liked these clinical aspects and I interviewed one and he was so personal. And I was like, wait, he actually wants me to tell him. Like, I'm supposed to say to you what I'm thinking right now and I'm allowed to. (laughs) Well, um... I don't know. uh, That's kind of our next point. Let's let's talk about (laughs) our next point that um, this idea of a person's past experience is definitely not black and white. So it's not, was it good or bad, but there, there's a lot of context to it. Oh, absolutely. So I think that's what you're describing. I think 
I mean, California versus Texas is one right. part Culturally of this, it's different. Right? right? But also uh, the personality or mm-hmm. style of one supervisor compared to the next. What about you? Didn't I? I mean, I'm wondering um, what you think about this, but you described that the supervisor that you had in California, you met through your school or school through the school program. I think that is an important Mm -hmm. detail Yeah, that developmentally you as a counselor, Mm -hmm. I mean, either you needed it or they expected that you needed something very fundamental. Right. And then moving on from that, meeting a supervisor that wasn't connected to you while you were a student, Mm -hmm. maybe they're, thought process or decision-making about that was different. You're no longer a student, so they're not connecting you right. to right. fundamental uh, topics related to theory or right. listening they, skills right. or something like that. I they, think you're right. They're more nuanced. Mm-hmm. So there, there's what, can you think of any other parts of that decision or, or uh, layers to an experience in counseling or supervision that affects how people perceive their their well, experience. And I think that this is the part that I grin, that it can be a positive experience, but that doesn't mean that along the way that it's comfortable yes. or that it's easy. So I think that's yeah. what they're kind of referring to. And like, it's not black and white. It's not always going to look perfect. Mm-hmm. But overall, if you think back on it and it was a good experience, then you're more likely to do it yeah. again. Um, I think I have this client right now and I've known her quite a while. When I met her, she was Oh, really, she'd stepped down from a higher level of care and probably before she was ready to step okay. down from a right. higher level of care. Mm-hmm. And now is has made a lot of progress and it, it can reflect back on that. And she would say that. She would mm-hmm. say when she met me, she did not want to talk to me. Right. Um, that she did not agree with me, that we were not seeing eye to eye. And, but now she can reflect back and think, you know, in a positive way, she's a completely different person. Mm-hmm. Her perspective on life and herself and her relationships is very different in a positive way. Right. And so I think at this point, she could think about her experience and say, this has been a positive experience. Right. If she hadn't, if I'd asked her that question or she'd reflected on it after the first maybe two times we right. saw each other. Not. Right. It was hard. Mm-hmm. She was having a hard time. So it would not have been as positive. Right. That is true to leave space for that reflection because mm-hmm. if it's too soon after and it hasn't been all like wonderful and sunshiny, then yeah. you may not realize it's a positive experience. Right. What about um, seeing a client who I'm thinking like you and I both see kid clients mm-hmm. um, whose parents have oh, yeah, they made, made them, them come. Yeah. They don't want to be there. Right. Do you think that instantly sets the tone for their entire experience? I mean, I would hope not. I think mm-hmm. that it takes some breaking through and some rapport building and things. I've had the experience in the last couple of years that I had a client that did not want to come that literally was like physically hard to get in the door. And then once they kind of got on their own with therapy and realized there was a lot of leeway, like, oh yeah, you can take off your shoes. You can kind of hang out. Even though we spent many a sessions not saying too much. Uh And now they're at a point in therapy where they could step down to maybe every other week or maybe Mm -hmm. even like every three weeks. They don't want to. Yeah. So it's like that. They find it useful. Right. Mm, I had a, and then that feel good. I feel, I mean, I had a kid say that something similar to me. She was saying, um, just with school and a family trip or something, Mm -hmm. we'd miss seeing each other for a couple of weeks. 
and I saw her last week and she said, oh, right. I've just, <laughs> I've just been thinking, I just need to talk to Sarah. Uh-huh. And that certainly was not her attitude. I mean, she was always pleasant and sweet, but a little resistant to the right. idea of counseling in the very beginning. She was a little frustrated that parents were expecting her to come. Right. Um, so a big change for her to say, oh, yes. I've just been thinking I need to talk to Sarah about this. Right. Right. So she is feeling the positive benefits and yes. now would reflect back and see right. that this was a positive experience. What about, we've talked a lot about people with positive experiences. What about people with negative experiences? Stay with us. We'll be right back. The Coaching Conversation 2024. This podcast is 100% dedicated to leadership and leadership within the workplace coaching area. We work with companies throughout the world teaching leaders how to coach their employees. This podcast is dedicated to teaching specific strategies, frameworks, coaching models, and now artificial intelligent strategies to help leaders drive greater teamwork, collaboration, cooperation, greater attitudes, better motivation, coaching career development, just to name a few. I hope you'll check out our podcast. Um, I think we've all probably sat in the room with a client that comes in and was like, look, I've done therapy before and it didn't work, right? And it didn't like, work, right. right, yeah. So like, it takes a lot for them to even be in your room, like even talking to you. But I always like to find out why. Like, mm -hmm. what about your previous experience didn't work? One, to make sure sometimes you're just not matched with the right therapist. Like, yeah. sometimes there's just a, a catch that doesn't mm -hmm. work. Mm -hmm. But then also, like, what was going on then? And what were your expectations? Yeah. And, you know, and then where are we at now? Or is it the same problem that's kind of perseverated for a long time? Or mm -hmm. is it something different? Or is your spouse making you come? Or whatever. Mm -hmm. I mean, all mm -hmm. those things. Right. Multi-layered. Right. There's Again. There's <laughs> What about in supervision? I mean, so we're all, we talked about resistant. Mm -hmm. I don't usually like that word right. to describe clients, but people who are not so motivated for counseling mm -hmm. at any point. So um, what about people, we're all required as supervisors or, or counselors to get supervision. What about, have you run across supervisees that aren't so motivated for supervision? or that have had a bad experience and what does that mean or what does that look like? I think that sometimes that looks like a, um, like a, are they willing to try it again? Or if they've been, I've had a supervisee come to me that was like, had a supervisor for six months and it wasn't going well mm -hmm. and they wanted to try something different. I'm always a little leery because I feel like most of us that are supervisors are doing it because we they like doing it. We want right. to help. So mm -hmm. what happened in that dynamic? Mm -hmm. But I've also seen some be really like they, I don't want to, this, I don't mean this to come off wrong, but like they know it all, right? Like, oh, they're they are, done. Right. Ding. Right. They're done cooking. Right. They and don't need like, any more You're like, oh, but you do. Right. <laughs> and the fact that you think that would really reflect that you do. Well, I think it really <laughs> reflects on somebody's perspective about counseling. Right. Because you're yeah. not ever done. Right. Right. But, um, what a, I think that the idea of, you know, an early experience really impacts later experiences related to supervision to me really emphasizes the importance of your first supervisor. Oh, absolutely. Or that first supervision experience. And mm -hmm. like for a lot of us, that's in school. Right. Um, do you, do you often get supervisees that are really, really new? 
Um, late for some reason, yes, lately, yeah. <laughs> not before, but I mean, sometimes I get them re- very, yeah. very fresh, yeah, and they're very new and they don't know what to expect, right? And right. you know, whatever schools maybe said you got to meet with the supervisor for an hour a week, and they're like, okay, what are we going to talk? About? They don't even know what right. that means, right? Right. Um, so you are helping the you're helping define that or set the expectation. Right. I, I think even, that's really pivotal. I even had one submit their vacation request to me. Oh, and I was like, oh, you don't work for me. You're at a location different from me. I mean, thanks for letting me know. I was going to say, if someone did that with me, I'd appreciate it. I'd say like, oh, well, I'll put that on my calendar for you. But, but yeah, yeah, I just it thought it'd be was... a little more casual. Than right. That. And I think that's, again, schooling, right? Like mm-hmm. whatever you're taught in school. And maybe it was really stressed that you need to be very formal and very, you know. Maybe they didn't take a vacation in school. Right. And that hadn't it's come true. up before. Right. Huh. Um, I think... And I mean, that's a hoping that the school experience with supervision is positive. Right. I've had quite a few that come to me pretty soon after school and they've had not so great experiences. So they're mm-hmm. already set up to have kind of a negative perspective on supervision. Right. Like because, I have to be here. Right. They didn't, they yeah. felt like they didn't get out, out of it what they wanted to get out of it. It wasn't a positive relationship mm-hmm. to them. Well, and this is kind of in here in the States when you do your, um, what, what do we call it? An internship when you're still in mm-hmm. school. We're practicum, there we go. internship, yeah. apprenticeship. When you do maybe. that, all that, um, usually it's a professor that's your supervisor. And sometimes those professors are stressed out or, or maxed beyond their level. And sometimes it doesn't work. It just depends on like asking for what you need, right? Yeah. And as a student, are you going to speak up and say, can I have a different supervisor? Probably not. You know. Or is there even the option? Right. He, they might be the I only person that... <laughs> in the times, in the school settings where I was required to have a supervisor... It was I, kind of assigned. I Yeah. I don't think that there were enough people for me to say, can I switch? And it would not have been appropriate. Right. It would maybe, have caused bigger problems. Right. right. I think maybe I should have, but I didn't. If I had asked for that in my practicum the very first time around in my mm-hmm. master's program... I think they might have. Right. But I didn't know to advocate for myself. I agree. I don't think yeah. students know that. Or do they have the time for that? Or right. can they even process the yeah. what would happen yeah. if they did it? Well, but I I mean, I say that, but hindsight is twenty twenty. Right. Mm-hmm. That at that point, did I know what good or not so good supervision right. felt like or looked right. like? No. Exactly. So did I know that I was getting something that wasn't really meeting my needs? No. No. Right. Well, so if we sometimes get a supervisee that's had a negative experience and so it's colored their future mm-hmm. experience, how do you begin to shape that or change it or help them to see, help them to have a new kind of experience so that moving forward it's different? I kind of put them in charge of supervision, meaning what do you want out of this? Mm-hmm. Like what are some of your goals? And then if they give me very flat baseline clinical goals, then I might come back with, no, no, no. I meant for you professionally, personally, like, you know, like get more into the other things that go into it. Not just so try to reach them at a level of like, this can be a good experience. This Mm -hmm. doesn't have to be. And then talk about, I mean, I think this is where group supervision really helps. Like if they have another peer, you know, I think that That is really beneficial. Yeah. Mm -hmm. While you were saying that, I was thinking that sounds so comparative to me to what it's like to move through stages in school. Oh yeah. Right. When you're in, when you're in elementary school, you stand in line to go to the bathroom, Right. (laughs) you follow the rules. Mm -hmm. There's not a lot of room to change it. Right. 
make it different. Right. Right. You just, you're just figuring it out. And so you do what everybody else does and you're learning Mm -hmm. and, but then you get a little bit older and you get to pick some of the classes that you want. Right. Or you decide, you know, I don't really enjoy that very much. And so why do I want to keep taking Taking that class? Yeah. Right. So you can individualize things a little bit, but also your relationship with your teachers change. Right. Can you remember a time in your education where you got to a point where you actually had some kind of relationship with one of your teachers mm-hmm. where it yeah, was more just absolutely. they stood and told you to stand in line right. in the bathroom and right. told you what to do? But how old were you? Um, well, the first person I thought of immediately was my freshman year in college, like immediately. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But then as you were talking more, I was like, oh, actually in high school, uh-huh. I had a social studies teacher that was pretty amazing and I loved history. So we kind of clicked and it was one of those situations where it's like, oh, he's a person. Like, right. Like actually human. Yeah. Like, this yeah. is not. <laughs> I, I mean, well, that has to do with our development too, right? right. That right. we got outside of our own yep. tiny sphere of mm-hmm. experience and noticed other people. But I think so too. I think in high school, I noticed, um, I noticed what was going on with my teachers mm-hmm. and they were personable and noticed what was going on with me right? and would ask or comment. Mm-hmm. And, but you increasingly so, right? Right. That that maybe begins a little bit in high school, but more mm-hmm. in college and right. then more in grad right. school and then more, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think that's an important part. Right. And of that does, supervision. like as you unfold that and as it continues to develop, mm-hmm. even think about a brand new supervisee that you see and kind of, I keep a lot of structure at the very beginning and a lot of like, this is what we're doing and this is how we do things. But as that evolves, there's, you loosen those reins a lot and it's a lot more. Well, like your description of your supervisor in Texas. Right. That started asking you, okay, but what do you think? Right. I was like, oh, wait a minute. (laughs) Okay. But, but like, how did you feel when that was happening? Right. Huh? I'm sorry. What? (laughs) I mean, what does that question mean? Right. Um, so can you think too, as you maybe had begin, you know, beginnings of relationships with your teachers, was there ever a moment where you thought, well, that was kind of funny. Yeah. Or yeah. Like, I don't know how to respond to that. Right. Or realized for the first time, maybe a teacher that you really like liked, but you Mm -hmm. all of a sudden you knew their um, point of view on something. Yes. Oh, we don't agree, but I still like you as a person. Like that differentiating of like, you remember, it makes me think, I remember, um, I had a teacher who got divorced in 10th grade. Okay. And I was just really aware of that. Mm -hmm. And I think she was absolutely appropriate. Right. It it didn't come into the classroom. We weren't, we didn't ever talk about it, but I was aware Mm -hmm. and I could tell that there were days where she was having a hard time. Right. You could see that. And I think, I think, which is impressive for a bunch of 10th graders, I think we were kind of empathetic to it. We were right. like a little bit gentler right. on Who days she where she was having a hard day or something had happened. Right. Yeah. Um, I also remember, I don't know what grade this was, not all, like after 10th grade, um, that a teacher noticed that I was having a hard day mm-hmm. and, asked. and you were like, Oh, and I'm I went sorry, like, did the teacher just ask me something? Yeah. Weird. <laughs> and asked me kind of a personal right. question. Right. And, and I think if I remember right, it was, a, I broke up with somebody. Boy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And so I was like sad or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and that teacher was empathetic. Mm-hmm. And it went like, oh, oh, right. Huh. Weird. Mm-hmm. What? Like we're, we're all mixing. Our roles right. are kind of, kind of strange. Here. Yeah. Yeah. Um, have you ever had a supervisee ask you 
how you're doing or notice that mm-hmm. something's up or yes. mm-hmm. huh. or even ask you like well how would you feel if that were happening yeah like has asked even my my in, my impression of something well if you were in my spot what would you do Ooh, yeah. advanced what an advanced supervisee <laughs> i think that they're just like curious about like i don't think it's even for their own self-validation i think it's more that they're curious about like sometimes we don't always have exactly the same mindset. And so mm-hmm. I think they're actually to a point where they're like, I think this way, but I am curious. What are your thoughts? Like they're yeah. a little bit more, but you know, this also talks about, we talk about supervision a lot because that's what our podcast is a lot. But sometimes I think we even find this with our colleagues as just a consult. That's like, what I was going to say. Yeah. Like you start getting yeah. more and more comfortable where you're like, Oh, that's the person I call for this kind of right. question. I was yeah. going to say, that's how I relate to this topic that, your past experiences influence your future mm-hmm. uh, experiences in counseling or supervision or your decisions to move right. forward. That I think because I have had positive experiences in supervision that I do right. you look know. for consultation. Mm-hmm. I, I look for people who I can do that with. Um, I think it's why we have a podcast about supervision. Right. <laughs> like if we, if you and I had horrible right. personal supervision experiences, we would not be inclined to do right, so. <laughs> we wouldn't be talking about this. Right. right. Um, well, so the last point in the article is so that as a clinician, as a supervisor, it's an absolute must that we ask about past experiences. Absolutely. How do you do that? I just ask. Well, like what are some of your questions? Like, did you like your last supervisor you were with? Um, did you get out of it what you wanted? Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some goals you had? Did you achieve them? Mm-hmm. I think my my starting point, my go-to is, um, what did you love about your previous supervisor? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. And what wasn't wasn't your favorite? Right. So instead of just saying you hated it. Right. But, um, what did you love and what wasn't right. what exactly fit? fit? Yeah. Right. What wasn't your favorite That's part? great. Um, and then kind of go from there mm-hmm. that I build on that. Mm-hmm. And I think I, or I know that I even explain my thought process after answering those questions mm-hmm. that um, even in the first meeting, so we haven't even maybe agreed to be, to work together yet. Right. I will say, I mean, if somebody said, I loved that they taught me behavioralism and I really didn't like that they asked me about my feelings. <laughs> You're like, oh. <laughs> I probably would go, eh. okay, so I asked that question because it helps me to know right. if you and I are going to be a good fit. Right. That if Let's I, find you somebody else. Right. Yeah. If I know that what you're telling me you really loved and what you didn't like is not some, I'm just not a good match. I That I'm not going to deliver the thing that you really loved and that I do regularly incorporate the thing that you didn't like. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not right. a good fit. Right. Let's move on. Right. No hard feelings. I'll help you find something that right. suits your, you know, mm-hmm. your I think likes and dislikes. Even that, I think, opens the door for them to reach out to you again if they had a question about something, mm-hmm. even as a, like later down the line, mm-hmm. because you you recognize that and then saw that they needed something else. Mm-hmm. What about um, you have talked about this before that asking those questions some t- well, is it always a question? Because sometimes you're saying you start supervision and realize that what they're expecting or looking for is just something different. Right. Didn't you say, I know you told, you talked about this before that you had a supervisee that came to supervision, just not dressed right. for supervision. <laughs> yeah. And having, I mean, that was their mm-hmm. preconceived idea or their expectation. And you had right. to kind of help them. Right. 
shape that shape or that. like just a little bit to know like oh like your idea of supervision is not uh-huh. like as professional as maybe it should be right because there is an air of professionalism that goes to it right and i think helping people understand that like it's not part of it is like across the board supervision things and then part of it is interpersonal like mm-hmm. inner you mm-hmm. know like i can see that happening with as many students who got some of their early, early supervision online because of COVID. Absolutely. And then they get to this point where they might be seeing you Mm -hmm. while they're working Mm -hmm. at their first job. Maybe every other supervision session they've had, they came in their pajamas. Right. Because they were on camera. Right. And they're like, I mean, I showered today. Right. (laughs) I'm awake. So, um. Yeah, you you might be shaping that a little bit to help them know right. what the new expectation is. Um, and that, does that involve a question or? I mean, I think sometimes it can involve a question. Just asking like, what? Prior... What did that look like before? Right, right. What did that look like for you? How was that? Mm-hmm. Did you feel like you got what you needed out of that? I mean. I've never asked, but this this makes me think maybe I'm going to start asking how many supervisors they've had before. Mm-hmm. I do ask that. Like, if they've had one, right. they, had, they had one mm-hmm. the entire time they were in school and I'm going to be the very next one. Right. It's going to be, a, I imagine, a harder adjustment. Absolutely. Because they've been in one mindset the whole time. Uh-huh. Or they expect exactly this is what they, it's always like. Right. So it's important. So um, our past experiences are really important in mm-hmm. supervision and counseling. Yeah. Um, Heather and I would love to hear about your past experiences and how they influence your current counseling and supervision. And we, as always, would love to hear ideas for future topics. Thanks to li- for listening today to Supervision with a Vision.